A Stranger at the Door by Carrie Fetter. As dusk was settling in, not much could be seen below the steep mountain. There was a road around it that was winding and narrow. Trees covered both sides, making it nearly impossible to see what lay ahead. A man was traveling upon that road. This road should be leading me to it. This map says I should be close, but all I can see are trees. I need to stop and rest. When I left, I thought this was going to be easier this time. This better be the right place. I'm tired of dead ends. I hope I find this place before dark. At that moment, a gust of wind swirled around him and swayed the tree branches in such a way so that he could see the top of a building. What? Is that a building? Finally! The stranger began to run on the path, and as the path curved, it opened up into a courtyard lined with pillars. He looked for an entrance and saw a large door beside a bell tower. Near the door, he saw a piece of wood with an inscription on it. What is this? I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Matthew 25, 35. <laughs> Let's see if that is always true. I hope they don't recognize me. I just need to get inside and get to Benedict. If, in fact, this is where he is. Uh, hello? Is anyone there? As the door opened, a small man with a black robe stood there with a warm smile on his face. Thanks be to God. How may I help you? May I ask you for some help? I've been on a long journey from Subiaco on the Appian Way and have no food and nowhere to stay. I saw your monastery from a distance and I wondered if I could take a rest here before moving on. The man standing at the door waiting to come in looked out of sorts. He had a scraggly beard and hair that covered his face. The only parts that were visible were covered in dirt. Yet, despite his appearance, he was welcomed in. Yes, please come in. I am Morris. I am the porter here. I greet all those who knock on the door and hopefully make them feel welcomed into our monastery. Please, do not make any trouble. I'm hoping for just a small amount of food and water to help sustain me while I possibly sleep overnight. No trouble at all. Just pardon me for one second. I have to ring the bell to alert my fellow brothers that we have a guest. Please forgive me, but it is almost time for prayer. Are you all right in joining us in prayer? The man was taken aback for a moment, and he coughed. <coughs> <coughs> then, with a smile, he replied, Yes, uh, I don't mind praying. Good. Please follow me. As they walked down the white-tiled hallway, a door opened from the side, and a young man appeared from it. Ah, Placid. Can you please alert the abbot that we have a guest? Certainly. Will our guest be joining us for prayer? Yes, we are just heading to the chapel now. 
I will let the abbot know. Thank you, Placid. Morris continued to lead the stranger down the long hall. Our custom is to pray together with our guests, so we are united in peace. You will get to see most of our fellow brothers and our abbot during prayer. Good. The stranger kept his head down, but raised his eyes and shifted them side to side so that his glances would not be noticed. As they rounded a corner of the hallway, the stranger noticed more men dressed in black robes, cleaning the floors and dusting furniture. None of the men spoke, which made the stranger uneasy. He'd never felt that type of silence before while work was being done. A peaceful silence. Brothers, don't forget the time. Prayer begins at six, and we have a guest tonight. Morris turned back to the stranger and explained. We all follow a plan set by the abbot that involves work and prayer, to live in humility and obedience. Oh, that sounds intimidating. Intimidating? No, it actually frees your soul. The hardest part for me has been silence. As they turned down another hallway, the smells of stew and fresh-baked bread wafted through the air from the kitchen, making the stranger's belly growl. <laughs> After prayer, we will get you some food and set you up in a room. Thank you. I am so glad that you found us. I can see some good in you. <laughs> no, I think you are mistaken. I don't think I'm worthy of this association, but thank you for welcoming me in. Let me ask you, do you have faith? Do you have complete reliance on our Lord? I'm not sure what I have. I feel like I have to rely on myself to make things happen, and that I have to do things that I don't like to do sometimes, but I know that I have to. I can tell you, though, that since I have walked into your building, I feel at ease for the first time in a long while. Well, my brother, we are here for you. Can I ask you a question? I've heard about a man named Benedict. Does he live here at this monastery? Why do you ask? Well, if he is here, I would like to meet him. Alone, if possible. I've heard so many things about him. The porter paused and then said, What have you heard? Just that he is truly a man of God. Yes, he is. He is the one who made the guidelines on how we live our life here. When I first came here, I wondered why there were so many guidelines. There were times to pray, tasks that had to be completed, time spent with the group, and time spent alone. Benedict calls it the rule that we follow. I just kept wondering how this could all be going towards God's work. But understanding humility and living in obedience makes sense to me now. Does anyone get angry because they have to follow these rules? Morris raised his eyebrows and paused to think for a moment before responding. Not really anymore. It is a way of life now. Sounds too good to be true. I heard that other monks in a different monastery didn't care for Benedict. Is that true? Yes, they were jealous of Benedict. Sorry, but I will have to end the conversation there. 
for we are here at the chapel and it is time to pray. Inside the chapel, there were men all dressed in black robes. They were seated in four rows of benches on both sides of the chapel, facing the altar. Morris scanned the chapel and made eye contact with Placid. He nodded for him to join him in the hallway. He then leaned over to the stranger and in a low voice said, Please have a seat here. I will be right back. Morris left to go to meet with Placid outside the chapel. I'm nervous. This stranger is asking about Abbot Benedict. He made it seem like it was by chance that he stopped here, but I think he knew this was Benedict's monastery. And he made mention that he was from Subiaco, and you know what happened in the monastery near there. What should we do? Do you think he is an assassin or wants to harm him in any way? I can't say for sure. Maybe he is here for just food and lodging. I will go and talk to Abbot Benedict after prayer. Could you show our guest to the dining hall and get him something to eat after we are done? I can do that. But what if he is an assassin? Well, the Lord saved Benedict in the past, and we will have to trust that he will save him again. Back in the chapel, all the monks were sitting in silence. When Abbot Benedict entered the chapel, they all stood, including the stranger. Benedict stood at the front of the rows of benches so everyone was able to see him. He locked eyes with the stranger and smiled. The stranger showed no emotion and just stared back at Benedict as if he was thinking of something. Benedict lifted his hands to his sides in welcome and said, Welcome to Monte Cassino our monastery where all are welcomed. We will make all your accommodations after we pray. Let us now begin. All the monks began to pray. The stranger listened along as the men prayed in unison. Be not silent, O God, of my praise, for wicked and deceitful mouths are opened against me, speaking against me with lying tongues. They beset me with words of hate, and attack me without cause. In return for my love they accuse me, even as I make prayer for them. So they reward me evil for good, and hatred for my love. As the men prayed psalms and read from the Bible, the stranger was visibly sweating. He was wrenching his hands and often kept his eyes shut. The prayers ended, and the monks began walking out of the room. The stranger got up to go toward Benedict, but Placid stepped in front of him. Excuse me. Brother Morris asked me to take you to the dining hall to get something to eat. Please, follow me. What? Why can't I see Benedict? He has other matters to attend to. Uh, can I be of assistance? No. It's just that... I'm at a standstill in my life, and Benedict is the only one who can help me move forward. You're probably right, but in the meantime, let's go and get something to eat. As Placid and the stranger walked out of the chapel, the stranger stopped and looked back as though he'd forgotten something. Did you forget something? No, um, uh, just thinking. 
The stranger began to walk down the hall again with Placid. So, what can you tell me about Benedict? Well, he is a holy man, but he has had his suffering. Suffering? Yes, he was almost poisoned. The stranger slowly put his hands into his pockets, as if he was checking for something. Uh, uh, poison? Uh, what do you mean, poison? A jealous monk tried to kill Benedict with poison several years ago. Some monks in his group at the time claimed that they never wanted him as their abbot, and some even began to devise ways in which they could get rid of him. They decided that they would poison his wine. However, before Benedict drank the wine, he made a sign of the cross over it, and then suddenly, the glass broke. With a quiet mind, he called the monks together and asked God to have mercy on them. He told them to go live their own lives and that he was going to discharge himself. And with that, he left and went to live alone in the wilderness. Really? Yes, and that wasn't the only time. You know of another instance? Yes, when Abbot Benedict was at another monastery somewhat near the region you say you are from. A priest of a nearby church began to envy Benedict's virtue and wanted to stop as many people as he could from visiting him. This man saw that he could not stop people from visiting Abbot Benedict, and that the more he tried, the more fame Benedict's holy life received. Yet, this priest had no intention of modeling after his virtue. He did, however, send him a loaf of poisoned bread. Abbot Benedict received it and was thankful, yet he was wise to what was hidden in it. At dinner, Abbot Benedict commanded a crow to take the loaf and leave it where no man could find it. Because of this plot to end his life, Abbot Benedict decided to leave for yet another location. This is when he decided to come here to Monte Cassino. The stranger stopped walking, closed his eyes, bowed his head, then took a deep breath and said, A crow? Yes, a crow. Why? The stranger looked up at Placid with anguish. I really need to speak to Benedict. Are you okay? Yes, I just need to see Benedict. All right, all right. Once we get to the dining hall, I will see if Abbot Benedict will see you now. Placid showed the stranger to the dining hall. Then he got him something to eat and drink. While the stranger was eating, Placid went to see Benedict. May I come in? I have an important question for you about the stranger. Yes, please come in. The stranger would like to meet with you specifically. I have an uneasy feeling about him. He looks shady, and I think he is hiding something. I fear for you. No need to explain any more. Morris has already filled me in on our new guest. Oh, okay. Do you want me to get some monks and show him out? <laughs> no, that will not be necessary. Do you want me to just say that you are too busy to see him and that he should come back another day? No, that would be lying. Placid, are you not one of us? Have you not read chapter 53 of Our Rule? 
the one that explains that we help all those who come to our door. Yes, Father Abbot, I have. Then why should we not accept this man as we would Christ? But, but he might be an assassin. Yes, but he might also be someone that God sent to us for help. Placid thought for a moment, and then he bowed his head and said, Forgive me, Father Abbot. I was wrong. I shouldn't be so judgmental of our guest, even if he does look a little shady. You are forgiven. Now please go let him know that I will see him soon. Will you be meeting with him here? Where is he now? In the dining hall. Then I shall meet with him there. Okay, but if he offers you any food or drink, don't accept it. I won't. <laughs> now go. Placid bowed and turned to leave the abbot's office and headed to the dining hall to let the stranger know of Benedict's answer to meeting with him. Good news. Once you finish eating, wait at your table and Abbot Benedict will join you. Finally. The stranger hurried to eat the rest of his food and drink. Afterwards, everyone cleared the room and the stranger was left alone. Suddenly, he felt a shadowy presence behind him and turned around to see Benedict. The stranger slid his hand into his pocket very carefully and stood up. Excuse me, are you ready to talk now? Yes. Oh my, yes. What can I help you with? The stranger came closer to Benedict, about an arm's length away. Do you remember me? I've worked with so many men over the years that I cannot say for certain. Do you remember the day that a loaf of bread was delivered to you? Benedict's eyes grew wider. He paused to catch his breath and replied, Yes. How could I forget? You do remember me. I've waited years to see you again. At that moment, the stranger began to pull his hand out of his pocket and lunge toward Benedict. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. In his hand was a crow's feather, and he was holding it up toward Benedict's hands as he knelt sobbing on the ground. I can't forgive myself for helping with that evil plot against you. My jealousy overtook me. When the crow returned with the bread, I knew God was watching out for you. Afterwards, the crow flew away, and this feather landed on my lap. My sinful deeds have eaten me alive every day with guilt and sorrow. I tried to forget, but I kept sinning more and more just to cover up what I've done. I don't want to live like this anymore. I am in torment, and I don't even feel worthy to be here today. I've carried this feather with me every day so that it may return it to you and beg you for your forgiveness. Please forgive me, Benedict. Forgive me. I am not the one you need to ask for forgiveness. It is God who you need to ask for forgiveness. But I will pray for you. Do you think God could ever forgive me? Yes, God always welcomes back his lost sheep. I can't make any good decisions, and I want to have the kind of faith you do. I feel so lost and alone. Please help me. 
stay with us, make amends for your sins, and then we'll see what God has in store for you. Thank you. God bless you, Benedict. The stranger made amends for his sins. He spent weeks learning more about the discipline of following Benedict's rule and got to spend time in silence, in prayer, and at work. The experience was unlike anything he ever knew, and through that, he grew closer to God. We hope you enjoyed listening to this historical fictional story about the life of St. Benedict that was based on stories from Book Two of the Dialogues by Pope Gregory the Great. There are 400 Benedictine communities in the world with 7,500 Benedictine men and some 13,000 nuns and sisters that belong to the order. The largest monastery in the United States is in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, at St. Vincent Archabbey Basilica. To learn more about the Benedictines, you can read The Rule of St. Benedict, especially Chapter 53 on Hospitality. This booklet is not only shared with Benedictine monks all over the world, but with oblates, friends, and visitors. That was A Stranger at the Door, written by Carrie Fetter. Cast members in order of appearance, David Seremet as the narrator, Scott Walton as the stranger, Joe Potts as Morris the porter, Brendan Callahan as Placid, Paul Fox as Abbot Benedict, directed by Carrie Fetter, produced by Thomas Marinchak, audio technician Matthew Mann, sound design by Matthew Mann, music by Matthew Mann, a production of We Are One Body Audio Theatre.